Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a weekly program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. This program is brought to you by Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and for the next half hour, I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will help you expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. So many are tired of trying harder to live the Christian life. I've got great news for you. You can stop trying. God already deeply loves you totally accepts you and really, really likes you. Enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. If you joined us last week or the week before, we began discussing misconceptions that we have about God. And where did we get many of those misconceptions from? Most of them come from the system called religion, the system of rules and regulations that try to control people, uh, the system of rules and regulations that you can try to follow to try and be made right with God. Well, that system is no good. The only religion that I can see in Scripture that has any value is loving others, helping the poor, helping the widows, being love, not a system of you have to do this, avoid that, uh, say these prayers, do those things. Those may have benefits, but you cannot apply those things to an authentic relationship with God. God is somebody that we've got to get to know. And who is he? That's a really important question. I really believe, and I think I said this last week, I'm not certain, but everybody, you and I, everybody lives their lives based on their concept of who they think God is. And last, the last two weeks, we discussed ideas like, is God, does he even exist? If you don't think he exists, you're going to live like that. If you think God is just an old man in a rocking chair who set the world in motion, has stepped back, and he's just smoking his pipe, you know, saying good luck to the rest of you, you'll live your life like that. But what if our concept of God has been incomplete, really incomplete? Well, after going through all those misconceptions and and debunking some concepts of Jesus and and his father and who they are, uh, I want to now begin an exploration uh, of hope-filled perspectives on who God really is, Uh, some lenses of his character, um, how he sees us, his actual essence, and I want to walk you through it using Scripture. I don't want to do this just off my opinion. I don't even want to use church tradition. Uh, there are lots of books out there you can read that will give you some idea of who God is based on cultural uh, experiences people have had, um, personalized experiences going through something traumatic or a miracle, you name it. People will give you their opinions. People have had dreams and have conjured up ideas of who they think God is based on their dream, making the dream their authority. Oh my goodness, I I don't want to rely on somebody else's opinion. And again, here I am giving an opinion. I'm inviting you to form your own opinion. I'm not asking you to just blind listen to what I'm saying. I'm asking you to listen and hear if you can sense a more hope-filled perspective on who this God is that we say we believe in. Uh, let's begin with this. 
I believe, number one, and as we explore who God is, and this will take a couple of weeks to do, uh, you'll really enjoy this. Um, I believe, first of all, he's happy. I think he's embracing. I think he's dancing over you. He's just crazy about you. Now, some people are going to think I'm getting way too liberal. I'm overshooting first base. I've overdone it. How can God be happy, embracing, and dancing? Even that word dancing, oh my goodness. There are some denominations and churches that think dancing is of the devil. It's like, wait a minute. What if? What if I showed you from Scripture a picture of God dancing over you? Being crazy about you. I, I think it'd be worth worth the, the look, I'd, worth the listen. I, I want to see it proven. Well, I've got some proof for you. And I'm actually going to read a couple of translations for you today that I think are going to really, really hit home. Uh, I'm going to read from the Old Testament, a story of uh, Zephaniah, Zephaniah 3.17. It says this in a traditional um, translation, The Lord your God is in your midst a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. This is the Old Testament. Now, I'd like to read it from a couple other translations because I think this text will, well, it's going to come alive for you. But just before I read it again in a couple other translations, I want to read to you a small little thing I found in a a Grace Walk Moments, a small, small devotional by Steve McVeigh. He says this about this particular text that I just read. Set your mind on the great love that your Father has for you, and you'll see it makes a huge difference in your daily perspective. God isn't watching your activity from a distance. He is in your midst, in the daily activity of your life. He stands ready to fight for you because of your great value to him. When Zephaniah said that God will rejoice over you, he was suggesting that God literally dances over you with joy when he sees you. The Hebrew word for rejoice literally means, get this, to twirl with delight. Oh my goodness. He sings songs of joy when he considers the union you and he share together. Your feelings may not confirm the reality of this biblical truth, but choose now not to allow your feelings to drive your beliefs. Believe what he has said about you and stand in faith on the very belief every day. As you renew your mind to the truth of how God feels towards you, it will begin to transform your outlook on every detail of your life. That is a great picture of God dancing over you. Now, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And it goes like this. For the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love... He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Uh, there's a little mark around the word fears, and it says it could also mean, or he'll be silent in his love. And the Greek and Syriac uh, versions read, he will renew you with his love. Uh, 
Now, another translation, Young's literal translation, it's, it's more of an, a word-for-word translation. It says this, Jehovah thy God is in thy midst, a mighty one doth save. He rejoiceth over thee with joy. He doth work in his love. He joyeth over thee with singing. That's pretty old language, isn't it? But there's the idea of God is in your midst. That's a really important part. And that he's working his love in you and he's joyful over you. The message translation by Eugene Peterson uh, uh, uses it this way. It says, your God is present among you, a strong warrior there to save you, happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. Now, here's a more expanded translation of the same verse, Zephaniah 3.17 from the Amplified Bible Classic Edition. It says it like this. You'll love this. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction. And in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exalt over you with singing. Oh, is this good news? It is. I, I, to see God as happy as we started this section with, God is happy. He's, he's in a good mood. He's dancing over you. He wants to, he thinks of twirling you. He twirls around you, over you, shouts over you with joy. He's excited. <laughs> it's like God saying, woohoo, I am so glad to see you. How you been? That is the language of love. That's the language of relationship. So if God's possibly happy and we've not seen that before, well, there's a good verse to help us perhaps see a better perspective. Number two, I believe God is welcoming and accepting and affirming. Welcoming, accepting, and affirming. And I'm going to read to you from Ephesians 2, 19-22 in the Passion Translation. Uh, this one will make a lot of sense as we hear of the welcoming part. Here goes. So, you are not foreigners or guests but rather you are children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. You are rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. And best of all, you are are connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. And this is where it gets really good. This entire building is under construction. That means you and I, we're under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. See, he's not rejecting you. He's not uh, putting you on the outside saying, well, you have some hoops to jump through. You have some religious steps that you need to complete before you can possibly uh, become accepting. But we just read he's actually affirming it. He's working in us. This, this is a pretty great picture of who God is. I believe God is gracious and gentle. 
You'll love this text from John 8, uh, 10 to 11. It says, or 9, 10, and 11. Upon hearing that, her accusers slowly left the crowd one at a time, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, with a convicted conscience. Until finally, Jesus was left alone with the woman, still standing there in front of him. As he stood back up and said to her, Dear woman, where are your accusers? Is there no one here to condemn you? Looking around, she replied, I see no one, Lord. And Jesus said, Then I certainly don't condemn you either. Go, and from now on, be free from a life of sin, or no longer be sinning. This is the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus reaches down, and he, he's gracious and gentle with her. Where they needed two or more uh, witnesses to accuse, Jesus sent all the accusers away and asked, where are your accusers? She said, there are none. Well, come back in this second half to hear more of a, a more hope-filled perspective on who God is. Looking for a real estate agent that will put your needs before his? Terry Van Lent is just that agent. Caring and honest are just two of Terry's best qualities, and they shine through in his real estate career. As a longtime resident of Waterloo Region, Terry is well acquainted with the area and its multitude of attractive amenities. For an agent that cares, call Terry Van Lentz at Coldwell Banker Peter Benninger Realty, 519-742-5800, extension 2060. Martin Small Engines and Auto Clinic in Elmira is more than small engines. Like their name says, Martin's is also a full-service auto clinic focused on automotive repair and service, brakes, tires, local lockout service, and so much more. Whatever you need, Martin's can do it. For that small-town feel with large shop quality, trust a team that really cares. Martin's Small Engines and Auto Clinic, Industrial Drive Elmira and martinselmira.com. We just heard about Jesus being gracious and gentle. This is a characteristic of God that we need to embrace. Too many voices in history have shared a God who is angry, shaking his fist, threatening with damnation and fire. Um, and those have been misunderstood as well, I believe. Uh, my purpose here is to share a more hope-filled perspective. And I want you to see the character of God in the scriptures. I believe the scriptures. I trust the scriptures. And so this story of Jesus helping the woman caught in adultery, which was a big setup. And by the way, in that one text, there's only one person brought to Jesus, the woman. Where's the guy? I've, I've always wondered that because it takes two. We, we know that. So, who is this God we say we believe in? He is gracious and gentle. I believe our God is rich in mercy. Ephesians 2, 4 to 5, 4 to 5 say, But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Oh my, this is the picture of God I want to shout from the mountaintops. Religion will not share this picture because this one is excessive, exaggerated, ridiculous, 
grace and love. He is merciful. He took us while we were still dead in our sins. And it says, while we were dead in our sins. Think about this one for just a minute. If you've never thought of this verse before like this, let me draw your attention to a way to think. I'm not going to tell you what I think today. But if it says, while we were dead, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace while we were dead and doomed. Wow. Think about that. We're going to come back to that in a future show because that's a great topic. Who is God? Okay, this next section is probably my most exciting section on who God is. Okay, one of them. There's a whole bunch I'm excited about. But this particular one eh, could be controversial. Uh, in fact, I know it is. So I'd like you to hear carefully how I present this picture of God. Number one, uh, sorry, number four for the topics that I'm covering. He is not distant from anyone. This is a fact. Richard Rohr, uh, a quote I got from him was, we cannot not be in the presence of God. He is not distant from anyone. I always thought God was far, far away. I saw a hilarious cartoon by um, David Hayward uh, at the Naked Pastor, at Naked Pastor, and it's God and Google Maps. So God is searching for Himself on this on this computer, and suddenly it says, "You are here." And you know how it drops that little red dot? Well, the screen is filled with dots, and he's going, "Oh no! Oh my goodness!" Uh. Anyway, I thought it was very funny. Funny image. If you're, uh, yeah, if you're on Facebook, see if you can find that. That's a, a great picture. God is everywhere. He's not distant from anyone. Um, and then I have this other picture of a, a cartoon from the Naked Pastor, uh, David Hayward. He has a, a pastor speaking to his worship leader, and he says, "Dude." You gotta stop telling our people that God is already here, or they'll stop feeling so desperate. Think about that for just a moment. <laughs> this uh, this idea that God is not here. And again, I I have been in worship services. I may have even started some myself, saying, "God, come and join us. Come be with us," implying He's not already there. Well, this particular section on God is not uh, distant from us is going to be huge for those who really feel God is far. Because I used to believe that if I'm good, God's uh, near, and when I'm bad, he's far. And I'm going to dispel that myth beautifully today. So listen to this. Uh, in the uh, idea that God's not distant, how about he's actually dwelling in us? 2 Corinthians 6.16 says this, what friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. 2 Corinthians 6.16 uh, Did you know that God is not distant because God is near you all the time? Ephesians 2, this is a really powerful text that I'm about to read you. So again, listen carefully to what the scripture says here. It says in verse 11 and 12 uh, and on, it says, so don't forget that you were not born as Jews and were uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. 
You were without the covenants and prophetic promises of the Messiah and the promised hope and without God. Hmm. Verse 13 in Ephesians 2, yet look at you now. Everything is new, although you were once distant and far away from God, and now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus. You have actually been united with Christ. This is great news. Verse 14, our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By his dying as our sacrifice, he has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has now been made has now made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity, Jew and non-Jews fused together. Oh my, God is not distant. He's not distant from anyone. You are actually near to him. He is near to you. He has brought you together already. Let's keep going. Romans 5.10 says this, But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. When did it happen? While we were still lost and ungodly. And there is much, sorry, there is still much more to say of his unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Verse 10, Romans 5. For if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Now, that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more we will be rescued from sin's dominion. We're not distant from God. We're sharing. We're participating in him. There is no separation. If there's separation, it's only in the mind. And we'll get to that one as well. That's for another another time. Um, there's a promise that God won't leave us. So people are wondering, where is God? Well, he's, he's not leaving you either. He won't leave us. Deuteronomy 31.6, the New Living Translation says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail nor abandon you. (laughs) Is that good news or is that good news? And that was even Old Covenant. Hebrews 13.5 says, Don't love money Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And this is in the New Testament. More and more good news. 
God is not distant from us people. This is the message of grace and hope for all of humanity. He's working in us. In Hebrews 13, 21, uh, this is awesome. Now may the God of peace... Who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood? May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. <laughs> All glory to him forever and ever. Is that good news or is that good news? Oh, I, I hope we get to challenge our misconceptions of God by uh, challenging the ideas of what we think God is and, and now looking at what the scriptures tell us of who God is, his character, where he is, that he's not distant from us, that he's loving, he's approachable, he's not scary, he's not ticked off at us, he is for you. God loves you. If you didn't hear this today yet, I'm telling you right now, God loves you. He's crazy about you. He's dancing and twirling over you when you come to his mind and when he sees you. He's excited, like, like a giddy little child in a sense. He has no insecurities. He can dance and, and, and act all crazy over us. He's allowed to. He created us. I do that with my kids. I get excited when, when I see them or if I haven't seen them for a while and then I see them. I am thrilled. I want to hug them. I'm excited about them. That is your daddy. That is your heavenly father. God loves you. God accepts you. Yeah, but what about all my behaviors and all the stuff I do that's not pleasing to God? He still accepts you, the real you, and he likes you. He really, really likes you. Come on back next week. Uh, tune in uh, on YouTube or here on the radio station or on the podcast for much more good news. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening. Looking for adventure in the great outdoors? It's not far from your own backyard at Conestoga River Horseback Adventures. Fun for the whole family or why not your next corporate party? Trail rides are offered all year round and other options like pony rides and birthday parties for the young cowboys and cowgirls. Afterwards, you can relax and keep the party going in their large, comfortable lounge. Conestoga River Horseback Adventures, 519-888-6503 and horsebackadventures.ca. Are you looking for an encouraging church where you'll discover hope in God who truly loves and accepts you? Hope Fellowship in North Waterloo meets every Sunday at 1030 and the great coffee is only the first thing you'll appreciate. If you're looking for a safe place, a relaxed community of people who want to grow in the freedom of God's grace, welcome to Hope Fellowship, second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. Learn more at hopefellowshipycc.com and they do have that great coffee. You've been listening to Still Growing in Grace. I'm Pastor Mike Zenker, and I'd like to invite you to join me next Tuesday morning at 1130 when our teaching time will continue. Or join us at 1030 every Sunday morning at Hope Fellowship, your community church located on the second floor of the St. Jacob's Outlet Mall. If this show has been an encouragement to you, won't you help us spread this good news? Make your donation today by visiting stillgrowingingrace.ca. 
You can also catch up on past programs, watch YouTube videos of our talks, and download our weekly podcasts. Sign up for our email list and send in your questions. After all, no one has arrived, and we are all still growing in grace.